Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another episode of the Philly Bandwagon Podcast. Ryan Michaels here with your boy, Chip Tiernan. What a do? The Eagles had one hell of a week, and they're not even in the playoffs anymore. Vic Fangio decided that he wanted to be closer to his family and left his job with the Dolphins. Eagles scooped him up. And they also hired an offensive coordinator in Kellen Moore, which kind of was surprising to me. And there was a couple other coaching changes, which we'll get into. Outside of that, it's looking like uh, Fletcher Cox and Jason Kelsey are leaning towards retirement with no definitive answer yet. So I'm just going to let that play out. But I'm not mad about the, the coordinators. The Fangio situation, it seems like a lot of coaches wanted to come and work for him. And Kellen Moore, honestly, not a bad offensive mind. So I guess we're going to get into that. Yeah, I'm, uh, you know, both both signings, I'm kind of like, all right, I'm not angry. I'm also not, you know, jumping out of my seat, you know. Um, and I think, you know, any candidate that we were potentially thinking about probably wouldn't have made me that excited anyway. Um, but there's certainly potential, you know, with, with – you know, both these guys track record, um, Vic Fangio first, you know, has head coaching experience, um, you know, has had a few different defenses that have performed very well. Um, you know, uh, bring something, you know, which scares me, you know, it's, it's a Howie guy and, um, but, you know, he does, you know, he brings a unique perspective and he's been around for a long time. Um, you know, Kellen Moore was surprising to me. Um, you know, he wasn't really somebody that I thought about too much, uh, but it makes sense. You know, the the Chargers um, brought in Jim Harbaugh and, and uh, you know, what didn't didn't want to keep Kellen Moore around. So, you know, it, 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 he was available. Um, we just someone I never didn't really think about. Um, but yeah, he, he's had success, um, uh, most noteworthy with Dallas. Um, you know, had some, had some good years there, had some not so good years there. So we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm intrigued. Uh, I'm certainly not upset by any means, but I'm also not, you know, I'm also not freaking out excited, but we'll see. Yeah. I, I think it's good to rather than, imitate a defensive coordinator scheme to actually have the guy whose scheme it is. I think that's a lot of criticism that was given. It's that, you know, that they tried to mimic the Fangio scheme. Yeah. But it's a lot different when someone else is running the defense compared to the actual guy who implemented it in the first place. So I think that, it could work out fine. It might not work out. I don't know, but I'm not like you said. It's not cut and dry. I'm stoked. Can't wait. It's okay. I'm not angry. Yeah. Which is good. I mean, coming off of two rookie coordinators, that worked out swimmingly. So can't really say that I'm upset at all. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, you're getting guys with experience. Um, you know, Kellen Moore is on the younger side, but he's been a coach 
for a while now at this point. Um, you know, I think he's been a coach since he's been in his 20s. So, uh, and again, like I said, Vic Fangio has been around for a while. Um, and yeah, he, he wanted to be closer to home. Uh, he's from Pennsylvania. I don't know where exactly in Pennsylvania he's from, but, um, you know, obviously has familiarity with the, this coaching staff, with Howie Roseman, with Jeffrey Lurie. So, um, that certainly helps. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, again, Keller Moore was just like, oh, okay. Again, not somebody I thought about, uh, you know, somebody I should have thought about, but just didn't for some reason. But yeah, I, I mean, I, let's, let's see what happens. We'll get into the rest of it in the bulk of the podcast, but let's move on to the Sixers. Uh, Joel Embiid is probably not going to get to the 65 games necessary for any awards this year, but he is still killing it. And when he is playing, everything's great. But when he's not, and Tyrese Maxey's been in and out, uh, you're seeing a little bit of struggle. So tonight they have the Warriors, and that's going to be a big test. And Embiid's listed as questionable for that. So. I would sure hope he plays though. That would be a it's gonna be a sick game. It's on a ten though. It's late. Yeah, that stinks. That's late. I gotta get yeah. up early for work. I hate late games. Yeah. Yeah, they're on the West Coast. I know. For a while, I think so. Great. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, not not necessarily news that we want to talk about, but uh, Carter Hart situation took a turn for the worst as well. So. We're just going to say that and uh, move on from it. That's it's all not, we'll say. Unfortunate. Not, not good. Definitely not good. Very unfortunate turn of events. And it's a damn shame. Yep. Don't want to see that because that is uh, how you say uh, horrific. Is that, is that the right word? It's certainly a word that <laughs> would describe that. Yeah. So with that, I have nothing left. What'd you say, Chippy? Man, what a depressing end for that. All right, uh, let's skip Rocky music. You're listening to a Philly Sports Nation production, enhancing your Philly sports experience. Get in the huddle and talk some off-season birds, baby. Go birds. Go birds. Go birds. Birds. Go birds. Go birds. Well, after that catastrophic season end, obviously things have changed. Uh, Nick Sirianni and Howie Roseman quite possibly had one of the worst press conferences I've ever seen in my life. Uh, It was just very bland. They relate to it, obviously, because of the Fangio situation. And, uh, yeah, fun, fun times. I am yeah. happy that they went with – I'm going to start with OC. 
I, I know there might be people who aren't a fan of Kellen Moore, but it, again, going back to our not stoked but not pissed sentiment towards it, he he does have a unique offensive mind. He uses motion. He, he's good against the blitz. Is that is that accurate? Because we need that. Yeah, I I I mean. I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird situation. Um, you know, de- definitely a a young, um, you know, unique mind when it comes to offensive play calling, um, which you will do, um, you know, from the press conference. You know, Nick Sirianni, uh, I don't know what he's really going to do. I mean, I know he said he's going to be the head coach, but, like, I don't know. Is he going to be in both the defense and offensive meetings, or is he not going to be in either? Or what's you know? I don't know. It was a weird press conference. Look, I people mean, like hated a true, it. A true head coach. Don't get me wrong. Like if you have a really good coaching staff, you let your coordinators run things the right their way, unless you have to make a call otherwise. But See, I don't even know if he has that power anymore, based off of the press conference. It was kind of confusing. See, the thing, like, last year, like, he was more involved with the offense because he's an offensive mind. You know, he was the offensive coordinator for the Colts when he got hired from the Eagles. So it would make sense that he's, you know, more so with the offense than the defense. Um, but the fact that he wasn't with the defense at all is a little concerning. Um, I think as, as the head coach, you know, even despite your background, I think you have to be involved in both sides, in all sides. Um, even special teams as well. So um, if that is what he's going to do, then that's fine. He just didn't really say it in a great way. Um, And, you know, some of the questions asked were not good. Um, You know, to me, if I'm an, if I'm a reporter, I'll be like, Hey, what happened? You know, what, why, why did this team collapse? Why do the defense look so bad? Why did the offense look, so predictable why were the same plays being called nothing changed that's what i would have asked of course they would have dodged the question but that's what i would have asked but instead people are asking hey are you involved with the offense uh, and how involved are you with the defense all you know all those type of questions i don't really i don't really care um as the head coach you should be involved in everything because you're the head coach um so that's how it should be um so now, you know, if Vic Fangio is calling the defense, fine. If Kellen Moore is calling the offense, fine. If Nick Sirianni is involved in both both sides, fine. That's what I want. That's what a head coach should do. Um, and I think that's what he is going to do. I just think he didn't – I just think they asked stupid questions and he worded it weird. I think that has something to do with the fact that if you are a reporter that asks difficult questions, they don't pick you. Yeah. What happened to the press having any credibility whatsoever? You gave the people who are getting the questions asked too much power. It's like a propaganda meeting. Hey, hey, Nick, it's uh, it's Jim with whatever newspaper I'm from. How's your day going? Oh, that it's going great, John. You know, everything's going well. Couldn't be happier. Thanks. Right. Really, really appreciate that answer. Right. 
And uh, then you have, uh, well, when you think about it, look back to Jeff McLean used to give Doug Peterson the business every week and then never got called on more or less after that. I mean, don't get me wrong. Jeff McLean's been wrong about a lot, but he's also someone who'll ask the question. So I like, I don't hate him by any means, but not always right. Um, but I'd rather have someone who asks the difficult questions and have the difficult questions answered than everyone throwing toss-ups to these guys. I mean, let's keep it frank, too. Howie Roseman has responsibility in last year as well. Like, it's not just Nick Sirianni. And I know a lot of people are mad at Nick Sirianni, and he does deserve blame. But Howie Roseman put together the roster for the coaching staff, and obviously it was insufficient. I think they both know that. Mm -hmm. Now, a couple things that came out was that during that press conference, Howie said that it was Nick Sirianni's decision to demote Sean Desai. If that's true, which I'm, you know, I believe that it probably is, he probably went to Howie and said, "Hey, I want to do this." Blah blah blah. Okay, sure. Did not work whatsoever in the slightest. Yeah, I, I, I you know, when it, when that when it comes to that. Uh, you know, that, that's as much as a, of a Howie decision as it is Nick Sirianni. Sure, yeah. it was Nick Sirianni's idea, but you can't just be like, okay, Sean, you're gone. No, you have to go to the higher-ups. You have to go to Howie Rosen, Jeffrey Lurie. They probably talked about it and said, all right, if you're not comfortable with the side, let's, let's have someone else call the plays. And that's how it went down. Um, you know, before and after the Sean Desai move, the defense was bad. I don't care what anybody says. The defense was bad all year. For the most part, you know, there was maybe one or two games where they were decent. The but for the most part, decent. Yeah, and I, I'd say the first Buccaneers game and the Chiefs game, they were pro- that was probably the best they looked all year. Um, but for the most part, they weren't good. You know, they weren't. And and you know that losing all those players for agency played a huge part in that. Um, and you know, Harry Roseman didn't do enough to, you know, recoup enough assets to to be that good of a defense again. And it's tough to be that good of a defense again. You know, they're second all time in sacks. But, you know, I mean, they looked completely different. So, you know, losing the players is a huge part of that. But, yeah, it, it was – it doesn't matter who was calling plays. The defense was not good. Um, so, it, it, to me, it's not really a huge deal. Um I think whoever was calling plays at that point, it, it was a lost cause. Yeah, I, I hear where you're coming from. It's just becoming. It's instead of just addressing the fact that what they did didn't work and take responsibility, it became, a, oh, it was his idea, not mine. I think I think. Yeah. And I think that's what they need to realize. That's as fans, that's all we want. Like, okay, you sucked. And we're going to be upset for good reason. If you just come in and say, yep, it was me, didn't do enough, good enough job, that's what we want. It's simple as that. If you take accountability for you, you know, calling a bad game or playing like crap, that's all we want. And if you continue to do it, then we then you got to go. But if you come in and say, hey, I messed up, I did a bad job this year, it's on me, fine. Come in next year and fix it and do a better job. That's all we want. Now, this is just a hypothetical here, and obviously it's kind of a hot take. 
I'm saying that, so brace yourselves a little bit. Now, we are in the last year of Nick Sirianni's contract upcoming, correct? Uh, I'm not really sure his contract details, but well, look, I can Google it. If even if he's in the second to last year, I'd, I mean, I don't think I don't think contract really matters. If he does a bad job this right. year coming up, he's going to be gone. Now, this is where I was getting at with this. So let's say Nick Sirianni does a poor job again. Yeah. A previous head coaching interview in when Nick Sirianni was hired was Kellen Moore. Uh, contract through 2025 season. So not this season coming up. Next season. Got next it. season. Yeah. So two years left, I guess. So if Nick Sirianni does poorly, do you think that that's – potentially why they brought a guy like Kellen Moore in? Uh, Potential uh, succession plan. Again, this is just a question. Don't crucify me. I'm asking questions. Not really. I think because I think if, you know, if the team is bad, you know, it's, you know, it would be like if the team is bad this year coming up, it'll be on Kellen Moore, too. So, it could be, um, but, you know, I think if the offense takes an even further step back, then are you really just going to promote Kellen Moore? You yeah, could. I mean, let's say the offense does well. And, again, it's another defensive explosion of garbage. Um, yeah, I think if the defense, if the offense plays well, uh, then, yeah, I mean, it could be. Like, if the, if the defense holds them back that much where they, let's say, they like don't even make the playoffs, uh, yeah, I think you could promote Kellen Moore. Um, but you still need to address the defense. Like Yeah, and the, but that, that, that goes back to the problem. And let's shift this because I didn't want to spend too much time on that. That was just something that popped into my head. But, okay, so now you have the guy whose system you want it for, what, two, three years anyway. So... Even if the systems ran well, do you still think another thing that came up in that presser? Yeah, you know, well, for some reason there there seems to be this perception that we neglect certain positions. Well, n- yeah, there is because you do. It's not a perception. It's, it's not a perception. Reality. It's the truth. It is yeah. factual at this point. You you have undrafted free agents perpetually in these positions of importance. And it blows up in your face. The Super Bowl year, it was special teams. And it's not like the defense played extremely well in the Super Bowl anyway. Sure. This year, it was linebackers and safeties. Everything in the middle of the field was caught. And corners, too. And the corners, too, honestly. James Bradbury was horrible this year. Yeah. Horrible. No one tackled. I don't know what the hell was going on. And going back to weeks of dialogue, what the hell are you playing eight yards off a receiver for on third and two? That happened all the time. Yeah. Whenever a team was third and short or fourth and short, it's like, no, here comes a 40-yard bomb. Or here comes a 10-yard pass for a big game. Every single time. 
just um, all the time. The last seven games, it was, well, well, the defense is out there. And by that, I mean there's just rocks out there. Nothing worked. Not even rocks. Paper? Air. Just air. Scissors? No. Shoot? No, just air. Air? No rock, paper, scissors. Just air. It's like, it's like if we're playing rock, paper, scissors, and I don't put my hand up. Yeah, this is it's annoying. <laughs> this is annoying. I'm, I'm sorry. Anyway. <laughs> just, um, yeah, with, with the thing with Vic Fangio's defense, he's a full on three, four. So it's not, you know, it's, it's not going to be. See, the thing that scares me is. In a three, four defense, sometimes, you know, they drop linebackers quote unquote in back into coverage for the love of god do not put josh wetter son reddick back into coverage please but i think personnel wise i think we fit a 3-4 defense better um if jordan davis can get in shape i think he's the perfect nose tackle uh you know jalen carter is a great you know perfect 3-4 defensive end uh you could have milton williams maybe uh, Fletcher Cox, if he comes back, we don't know about him yet. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, and then you have Hassan Reddick on the edge as a, as an outside linebacker, Joshua on the other side. Uh, maybe you could put Brandon Graham if he comes back at a three, four defensive end. Um, you know, I, I just think personnel wise, we fit that better. Um, instead of what we ran the last two years, which was kind of like a, you know, hybrid four, three, three, four, where, uh, you know, Josh Sweat was a defensive end, but you had Hassan Reddick, you know, rush the passer, but at a linebacker position, you know, it was it was weird. But this Fig Fans here is a full on three, four. So uh, you're going to have, uh, you know, for, you know, the big part of it is Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat will both be outside linebackers, quote unquote, but they're going to rush the passer. Um, so that's what, it, you know, if that's the only difference, uh, the linebackers, we should still have two off ball linebackers. That's the Eagles like to run. Um, and then obviously corners and safety. So that that's what, that's what the Fangio runs um, in the past. He's had some really good corners. He's had some really good safeties and he's had some good linebackers. So I'm hoping that they're like, Hey, in order for Vic Fangio to be successful, we need guys in the back end. And that starts with linebacker, uh, and safety and then corner as well. Um, but yeah, so that's what they need to do. That's what needs to happen. I know they like to prioritize the trenches, offensive and defensive line. That's fine. But again, continuing to just send out undrafted guys. It, it just, it, it doesn't work every time. You can't just continue to do that. And we got exposed this year. Oh yeah, this is so, uh, they better not perpetuate in next year. There needs to be addressing of positions, and there there needs to be. I I think that you're right. Where you know, I I don't know if Fangio's scheme is going to work, but it does fit the personnel that we have. Um. I, I just don't know what they're going to do at the linebacker and safety position. 
I, I think personally they're going to cut Kevin Byard. I, I think it saves them about fifteen million in cap space if they do that. Uh, yeah, they're going to kick Kevin Byard. They they're kind of stuck with James Bradbury at this point. Uh, if they cut him, they'll take on a penalty. They can't really trade him. His trade value is at an all time low after his performance this this past year. So um, you kind of just stuck with James Bradbury at this point. Um, but you know, there's there's some there's some options in free agency uh, when it comes to linebacker and potentially safety. I'm not really sure who's available. I could Google that as well. Probably should have done this beforehand, but 2024 <laughs> NFL free agents. Let's see. I don't want to subscribe to your newsletter. Every site has a freaking newsletter now. Yeah, it's crazy. Put your email in so I can spam your email box. All right, oh. Linebacker, let's try this. I mean, I okay. Yeah. Uh, Devin White is an unrestricted free agent. Uh, you got guys like Patrick Queen is too. Patrick Queen, uh, former Eagles legend Jordan Hicks, uh, Isaiah Simmons, kind of more of like a hybrid player. Levante David, he's super old though. Um, Kenneth Murray, Jordan Brooks from Seattle, Patrick Queen, like you said. Uh, Sione Taki Taki from Cleveland. Is that Cunningham? No, thanks. I don't know. They could bring him back. He wasn't actually that bad. Um, let's see. Anthony Walker Jr. There's also outside linebackers, but I'm not like, really looking for those. Um, and there's a few other options here as well. Um, but, yeah, so th- there's the options for linebackers. Some good ones, for sure, definitely. Probably going to cost you a, a you know, pretty penny here, but uh, let's see corner. Uh, corner, you got Adore Jackson. Uh, Kendall Fuller is more of a slot. Stephon Gilmore. Jeff Okuda. Kenny Moore is more of a slot. Uh, Chidobe Awuzie. Let's see. Jalen Mills, no thanks. Sean Murphy Bunting, he's more of a slot as well. A lot of slot guys. Uh, Jalen Johnson from Chicago, or did he sign? I thought he signed. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. Uh, Honestly, not that many. Definitely more linebackers than corners. Let's see safety. I think corners going to be something they try to address in the draft. I agree. I agree. Do you think that they'll stay put, or is there a likelihood that Howie will try to trade up? Um, it's a possibility. I think. Uh, I think the offense this year is a lot better than the defensive side of the ball in this year's draft. Um, so you you might not see corner, you know, like the first corner go till, you know, maybe as late as eight, nine, ten maybe even later than that. Um, and there's some, there's some pretty good ones in the first round. Um, you know, Terry and Arnold out of Alabama is a good one. Cooley McKinstry out of Alabama is another good one. Uh, Nate Wiggins from Clemson. Um, there's uh, Cooper DeGene from Iowa. He's more of like a uh, hybrid safety nickel corner, which we could also use, but 
Um, you got uh, Quinian Mitchell from Toledo. Uh, who else? There's some other guys too, but um, you know, you 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 might not see. I think the first maybe like five, six, seven picks in this year's draft could all the offensive on the offensive side of the ball. So that certainly helps us. Uh, but I don't really think Howie's not really a trade up guy, uh, unless it's for like someone in the trenches, which you know is likely because that's it could <laughs> it could. But you know this year's draft again, I think the interior defensive line isn't as strong in this year's draft as maybe others. Uh, there is it is a really good offensive tackle class. Um, so people are going to be like, oh, you know, people are going to be like. It's your Lane Johnson replacement for the future. You know, that's fine. But Lane Johnson, I think, still has two, three, maybe even four good years left in him. So do you really need a replacement for him now? Maybe not. Um, I think you have to address defense. And, you know, I think if 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 they fall in love with the player, yeah, maybe they'll trade up. But they're at 22. So I think they'll get a good player at that spot. Um I don't really think it, I mean, it could, it could happen. It's Hallie. We don't, you know, he, he's an, an anomaly at this point, but it depends on if he's actually making smart decisions or if he's trying to be the smartest man in the room and you yeah. never know what you're getting. So, I mean, a, a lot of the criticism this week has for him has come because Kyle Hamilton has just played incredibly well. Um, right. I mean, but like, I, I wouldn't classify Jordan Davis as a bust either. Like it, it's, yeah, not uh, listen, not yet. I think you have to give him time, and I, I think I mean he's a good player. He just he has to get in shape. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. I mean, when he's been out there, and you know when he's like the first half of the year he was great, and then you could tell he was starting to get slowed yes. down and slowed down and slowed down. He was so. Guessed. I think he has to get in shape. You have to be able to play seventeen games at least, and then you know obviously playoffs as well. So. Has to get in shape, um, but when he's been out there and when he's been in shape, for the most part, he's been good. Um, so just has to get in shape, has to work with trainers, has to work with the Eagles and be like, all right, we, we got to, you know, got to get into shape here. Uh, really quick, though, uh, some safeties for free agency. CJ Garner-Johnson's a big one. Um, we got Xavier McKinney from the Giants. We've got Kyle Duggar from New England. We've got Jeremy Chin from Carolina. Hmm. Uh, Julian Blackman from Indianapolis. Kayvon Wallace, shout out. Um, so, let's see. Uh, Buddha Baker's on a... To see, uh, I don't know. What the, oh, club option. So they'll bring him back. Uh, Micah Hyde, he's he's a bit older. Um, Darnell Savage from Green Bay. Kareem Jackson, but he's super old. Terrell Edmonds, shout out, former Eagle. Uh, Justin Evans, former Eagle. I don't know. There's some good safeties for sure. Uh. You know, Jeremy Chen sticks out, someone the Eagles were very interested in in the 2020 draft when we took Hertz. CJ Gardner-Johnson played for us last year, obviously. Xavier McKinney is only 24. 
Uh, we would so there's him, options out there. We would take him from the Giants. Boys, but it, yeah, I think I think corner. I think I think linebacker and safety definitely could be addressed in free agency, and then maybe some depth with the draft. But I think corner especially um, is something you look for in the in the uh, in the draft. So moving on from there, you know, we discussed it. Not not mad about the coordinator picks. We we really have to see what this season brings, and you know, make sure there is a full roster out there. That that's another thing. I mean, the defense was so bad last year that you know, I don't know. I, I don't even want to think about it anymore. <laughs> All yeah. right, things things need to change, and it's only beginning. You know, we've got. Step 1A and 1B down, and with the coordinators, uh, I know we're hiring some some position coaches. I know we signed a new defensive line coach um, as well. Um, and I think we're looking at uh, another DB coaches uh, too. So, you know, coaching staff is coming along, and then next up we got free agency, and then the draft in the uh, the back end of April. So that's a long ways away, isn't it? It is. And then we have the Asteroid Bowl. That's uh, that's fun. If you know what yeah. I mean by that, you know what I mean by that. If you know, you know. All right. Moving on. We don't really have much to talk about, but the Sixers are still tied in third place. I believe the Knicks have caught up to them. They're six games back at the Celtics in the East. Joel Embiid, injured. Tyrese Maxey, injured. And we just need them to get healthy if we're going to make a run. That's as simple as it gets. That's all there is to say, man. Do you think that the role, guys healthy. Like, do you think that the role of bench players and the people they have surrounding these guys is enough? to put them finally through the second round? Or do you think they need to get somebody? Um, I don't know. I still think they need somebody else, man. I, th- I still think they need, uh, you know, a, a, a consistent third option. Um, you know, we're, we're seeing when Embiid and Maxey are out that this team is completely different. And, you know, understandably so. Um, but you don't have a guy that you can go to consistently um, when those guys are out. So, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I think uh, Miami made a great move uh, last week when they traded for Terry Rozier. I think that could have been an option. But, again, I think they're trying to stay away from guards to not really mess with Tyrese Maxey. Uh, I really think they're looking for, you know, a three at this point. Uh, Pascal Siakam got traded to Indiana, Indiana, so that's off the board. Um, but you know, uh, you know, I mentioned Zach Levine before, but I don't think they're really willing to give up the assets it's going to take for them to acquire him. Um, so we'll see. I don't really know. You know, there's guys available, but it's uh, you know still. A, I don't know when the deadline is for the NBA. It's coming up though. 
Yeah, it, it's quickly approaching. I, I, I don't know what moves they're going to make. In... February 8th, so next week. Or week they have to make something happen. But I don't know what it'll be. I mean, Tobias Harris is really inconsistent, and that's been the problem. So I don't really know. I don't want them to give up everything, but then again, how much longer is Joel Embiid going to be around to have a shot? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, It's uh, not – we're recording this on Tuesday, so not this Thursday coming up, not the next Thursday, not next Thursday, but the following Thursday is the trade deadline. So quickly approaching, um, you know, everything I've heard, the Sixers are going to try to be active – at the deadline. Um, but it's just going to be a question of who they're willing to part with um, and who they're looking to acquire. Um, I do think they need somebody else though, for sure. And, you know, can this team possibly get past the second round? Yeah, I guess, but I still don't see them as a true, true contender as of this moment. And with that, I think we've reached our destination for the day. We'd like to thank you for listening to the Philly Bandwagon Podcast. Go to phlsportsnation.com for all your Philly sports wants, needs, and desires. Go to the podcast tab. Go to the PHL Bandwagon. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever podcasts are available. We're most likely there. If not, shoot us an email at phlthebandwagon at gmail.com, and we'll look for the podcast service that you use and try to get on that platform. We also take mailbox questions, so shoot us any question you want, and uh, we'll try to address it so long as it is appropriate. Uh, again, that's at phlbandwagon at gmail.com. You can also follow us on X at the PHL Bandwagon. Our DMs are open, so please feel free to DM us any questions. We would love to talk about it. We also share weekly polls. We enjoy your engagement, and we look forward to your conversations in the comments section. We always do. Um, just keep it civil. Uh, go to the Weg Shop, get your TBW merchandise. Oh, you can also follow me at PHL Ryan Michaels. Follow Chip at PHL Chip Tiernan on X. Uh, go to the Weg Shop, get your TBW merchandise, hoodies, hats, T-shirts, anything you'd like is most likely there. If not, sorry, but we do have merch. We would appreciate it if you used it. Uh, yeah, we've reached our destination, although a short one. We'll see you at the next stop wherever that may be. Go Sixers. Go Sixers. Yeah. And Flyers, I guess. I guess. And Birds. And Birds, I guess.